Well, welcome to another episode of the Love Your City podcast. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, Letitia. It's great to, great to chat with you about... Uh, aren't you? Oh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah, fun. Depends how you define fun. Riding my bike's fun. No, what a, what I'm enjoying that? it. This is stimulating. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I got a bit worried there because it was almost like we're, we're announcing today that Letitia's going to finish up because no. just purely out of boredom. No, I love it. Great. All right. Just, just wanted to be I reassured at that. Yep. Um, so the heart of our conversation is loving your city and what we want to see happen in the cities and towns across our nation, including our own city of Toowoomba, mm-hmm. is a city gospel movement. Yeah. Um, my personal conviction, and I, and I, this is something I've come to personally um, as a result of reading and studying and praying and whatever else, and so I'm not quoting anyone else here except myself, is that unless we have a vision and a posture as church leaders and churches generally, unless we have a posture or a vision to see the entirety of the people of God released into their released and sent, maybe sent and released into their place of influence, so their workplace, their neighbourhood, their mm. their social clubs, their sporting clubs, mm. with a kingdom vision of what the kingdom would look like in their place, we will actually never see a gospel movement. Yeah, we can it. we can we can gather the pastors, we can have unity amongst the pastors, we can we can have social justice, we can have joint ventures around that, we can have all that sort of thing. But if day by day the Christians in a city are not envisioned and released and sent into mm. their places of influence mm. with a with a gospel and kingdom vision, we will never see a city gospel movement. What do you think about that? <laughs> of, of course, I agree. <laughs> That's why we're doing Good this. Yeah. Uh, in the past, in my you know, in growing up, um, quite often you only you were only sent if you were going on the mission trip to Fiji yeah. or yep. the Philippines. That's yep. the only time I got pulled up the front and prayed for. Yeah. Um, but we need to create, I mean, we want our people to leave our churches thinking I am sent into the city to be powerful, effective, um, no matter what I'm doing, what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, that's just such a key. And I love that your church has a a mirror. We do. Yeah. We have a mirror. Tell us about that. Not just in the bathroom either. (laughs) Um, we have a mirror in our foyer. Um, you know, you know, the classic, uh, you go to a church building and and you'll go to their notice boards and there'll be a mission board, the notorious mission board. Yep. And it's great. Uh, Let's, let's be careful here. It's brilliant that some people get called to go yes. to other nations. We need yes. to have a, a, vi- a, a vision for the nations. Totally. Right? And, and this is not at all pulling that down. In fact, no. it's trying to pull everyone else up. Yep. And hopefully that will make sense by the end of the podcast. So you go to a church foyer and you'll find their missions board somewhere and up there will be nice photos and maybe a map of the world of where all the missionaries are. Mm. So we decided to replace... No, sorry, we haven't replaced it. We've still got that. It's kind of hidden in, in one of our <laughs> side rooms, but... Really prominently in our foyer, we in a place where you can't miss. We have a board that at the top it says, "Missionaries we support," and below it is a mirror. Yeah. Um, now that's that's a little thing. It's a bit of a cultural changer to help people understand that you know it's language is important. And if you think that only some are called to be missionaries, you've missed the whole point that's of the gospel. It. Yeah. You've missed the scriptural point. If you yeah. think. If you think there are only some that are called to be ministers and some yep. that are called to be missionaries, you've yeah. missed it. If you're a follower of Jesus, yep. you are a minister and you are a missionary. Yeah, no, that's it. Mm. Can I read you a quote out no, of a absolutely. book that I've been reading? Um, yeah. Urban Spirituality by Karina Kremensky, Australian well woman, yep. uh, lives in Surrey Hill, Sydney, is yeah. really into loving her city. Yeah. Uh, she writes, it's a bit long, but stick with me because yeah, it's great. Um, and everyone else. Uh, She says, God is at work through his people in the neighbourhood now. So place, time and space matter. 
The church that takes sacred space seriously, not as a retreat from the world, but a bridgehead into it, will go straight from worshipping in the mm. sanctuary into the council chamber to debate matters of town planning, of harmonising and humanising beauty in architecture, in green spaces, in road traffic schemes and environmental work, creative and healthy farming methods and proper use of resources. If it is true, as I've argued, that the whole world is now God's holy land, we must not rest as long as that land is spoiled and defaced. This is not an extra to the church's mission, but it is central. Ah, amen, brilliant. amen, amen. We could stop there. We could. Um, Read the I book. Think, I think that's brilliant. We won't stop there because we've, you know, we want to <laughs> go right. longer than a couple of minutes. But what I love about that, I think as a pastor, the pressure on me, and she, Karina makes specific mention of Sunday there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I'm not going to name him, but there's a, there is a prominent pastor in America that, that says it this way. And I think many pastors, including myself, bought into this. The goal on Sunday mm-hmm. that you want people walking away with is to be so excited about coming back next week. Yeah. That's it. And I think, man, that like, and I, I bought into that. I thought that was brilliant. Like, mm. yeah, absolutely. We want the presence of God mm-hmm. and, you know, honourable stuff, the presence mm. of God and, and uh, you know, even space for the miraculous. We want vibrant, dynamic worship and, yep. you know, um, relevant preaching and all those buzzwords. Mm. Now, though, I look at it and I go, no, 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 no. We want people pumped for Monday morning. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. Um, because that's that's where they're called to be ministers and missionaries. And yeah. if, you, if if all you're doing is leaving them hungry and thirsty for next Sunday, w- w- yeah. wow, what, we've missed it completely. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, and you and I were with a group of young people on Monday night, um, young adults yeah. from different churches, and we kind of presented, you presented this teaching really mm. well to them, and we put out the challenge to send us a selfie of you on a mission trip that's this right. week. Yep. Not in Japan yeah. or Solomon Islands, mm. but in Toowoomba. So we've been mm. getting great photos of uh, from doctors, yeah. selfie yep. um, to a mum with a sick child. Yeah. That's that's yep. her place of influence yep. Um, yep. and seeing God's kingdom come. So I think just trying to shift our thinking. That um, you know what you touch on there that I think is the reaction and may- maybe the reaction of some of our listeners. Um, and we're about to challenge that reaction, so be yep. prepared. Um, well, you know that's great, but how are they sharing their faith? Because I think what we've, when we've made it a Sunday thing and we've made it all about what happens in the church, mm. what we've been left with is a recruitment gospel, yeah. a, 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 an evangelism to the church. We evangelize people into the church. So we go and we say that the, ro- the, the only role you have in the world is to tell people about Jesus and yep. bring them back. Or if, if you struggle with that, yep. bring them back next Sunday and let the professional tell them about mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. And, and then we'd say we just recruit people. It's a narrow gospel. Yeah. One of the beautiful things about the gospel is that Jesus gives himself for our sin and yeah. we are redeemed, we are restored, absolutely no doubt. And we, we need to confess our sin. We need to repent and we come to faith in Jesus and we become part of his family. Mm. Absolutely. But I'm starting to have my eyes opened up to a much bigger gospel that is the restoration, not just of you know, people to God, but the restoration of all things. Mm. You know, Ephesians and Colossians, mm. they don't have any room for a small Jesus. It's a big Jesus yeah. that is going to redeem and restore all things. And I think Karina picks up beautifully in what she said there that, you know, the, the, the earth is the holy land of God. That's it. And any marring of it is, is go- going to ultimately be completely restored. Yep. And the invitation that God gives us with his kingdom gospel, not just personal salvation gospel, but kingdom gospel, 
is partner with me in the restoration of all things. So a mother caring for sick children mm. is partnering in the restoration of all things. Absolutely. A doctor about to check the ears of a patient because that photo had one of those little ear yes. things with a light on the end. Yeah. Um, is about to partner with God in the restoration of all things. Yeah. And and you know, part of the reason I think we our churches are postured in the way that they are is because we've believed this narrow personal salvation gospel and ultimately to put a negative title on it's a recruitment gospel hmm. yeah recruiting people Absolutely. into the church yeah yeah but i think i think the challenge and i, I think as as i've really been challenged and 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 shifted in my thing I, lo- I love the word posture because so often when the, the new thinking comes out or the new fad comes out we actually gesture to it we do it for a while but then yep. we go back to our posture this is really a shifting of posture for the church mm. and starting to see the bigger gospel mm. and starting to see um all of life mm. as what how god wants to be i love this quote from um oz guinness about how we are to give all of our lives to the the work of god to to the call of god in our lives he wrote he wrote this book called the call yep. and uh, that word call is one we use in the church in church world really to refer to missionaries and ministers mm. he says that's ridiculous in fact some people go as far as say it's heresy and i agree with that but he writes this Calling is the truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism lived out as res- as a response to his summons and service. God doesn't just want our Sundays. Yeah. God doesn't just want 10% of our income. God wants 100% of all of our time. Um, and, and he doesn't just want it. He woos it out of us when we yeah. understand his love for us and he understand, we understand how much he gives for us. Yeah. But what I'm finding as my posture is being shifted as a church leader is how deeply ingrained this is. There's a lady in our church, um, beautiful lady, who's a midwife. Hmm. And uh, she has many, many years experience in midwifery and in particular lactation consultancy. Um, Not long ago, a few years ago. So we've been on this journey for five years, but it was only a few years ago that she was invited to go to Cambodia to teach and equip mothers over there uh, because they don't have the same services we have here. So mm. a doctor friend of hers who was ministering in Cambodia invited her to come over and do some specific training of young mums. So she went over there to do that. Now, what did we do as a church? Have a guess. Yeah, pulled her up the front and prayed for her. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well done. Wow. So we pulled her up and we said, she's going on a mission trip um, and she uh, is going for two weeks to Cambodia. So we're going, we're going to ask her what she needs prayer for. We're going to make sure her finances are okay. We're going to make sure that when she gets back, we get some photos mm, and we get yeah. a report of what God did while she was there. Mm. Now, if you're picking up the gist of this conversation so far, you can see where this is going. Not once, not once, to my shame as the pastor, did we get her up, did we drag her up and pray for her, for her call to Toowoomba where, you know what, Letitia, mm. she did the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Yep. She's, she's ministering to and she's training and teaching women how to care for their babies. Yeah five days a week sometimes more than that in the flipping hospital in Toowoomba but what have we done is we'd elevated this whole idea of she's going over there she's going on mission all that sort of thing and we we never inquired about what her prayer needs are for Toowoomba we never made sure her finances were okay Mm. we we just never asked for any photos or you know and we just so this is so deeply ingrained in our churches Yeah, no, I think um, pastors, when they get up on Sundays, need to look over their congregation and just see missionary. Missionary, yeah, where's absolutely. their place? Yep. What do they need? Yep. How can I help uh, train them more effectively? Yeah. Um, is, and how can I release them from a lot of busy church stuff? Yep. 
um, to be involved more, yep, exactly. um, whether oh, it's in their so workplace key. or their community. And Karina brings that out so well in her book, Urban mm. Spirituality, yeah. Um, yeah. just to release people, even from a whole bunch of committees that we have in churches, to mm. join in the Neighbourhood Watch Committee yeah. in yeah. their own neighbourhood. Yeah, totally. Or um, yeah. just sitting on other committees yep. that um, yep. won't necessarily build your church, but it'll build your city. Yeah, totally. Even things like, you know, the Christian ping pong group or the Christian play group or yes. the Christian basketball team, the Christian soccer league. Hey, let's yeah. let's start thinking about joining the leagues that already exist in town and, you know, those sorts of things. In, an interesting um, survey out of NCLS, so National Church Life Survey, did some stuff. I don't know if it was a part of their most recent 2016 stuff or whether it was a, a specialised thing. I was mm. just interested in the statistics. Mm. I, I, I broke it down and, you know, for, for pastors who are listening who feel that they equip their people well for the other six days of the week yeah um this might be a bit of a slap so in this survey that was a survey of both pastors and congregations the first stat that came out is that 87 percent of pastors feel that they equip their congregations well for work for the other six okay. work work being specifically work and so this was a faith and work sort of yep. deal but most people who will be listening to this have people in their congregations have jobs right yep. and and and, and they themselves have jobs. So um, with with a shout out to those who are unemployed and, and the struggles they face, we're, we're dealing here with the majority of people who work. So 87% of pastors feel they equip their people well for work. That's a lot, mm, right? It is a lot. What was really the slap was that in the next slide that I saw as a result, the next graph that I saw, mm. is that 94%, 94% of the church feel that work is addressed sometimes to never <laughs> yeah so funny, they, those you know those yeah. on that scale of the way they answered the best so some some answered regularly the language was about six percent well it would have been six percent but the from sometimes down to never 94 mm. percent said mm. no, we don't feel and, and that says to me we're not equipping our people well for the other six days of life absolutely we we, we know how to train them up to be worship leaders and youth leaders and yeah. preachers and yeah. ush, ushers and and communion distributors and yeah. all of the other stuff that happens. And it's not to say that's unimportant. Yeah. But church, churches, church leaders, are we equipping our people well for yeah. where they spend most of their time? That's it. Not sure. I don't think we are. We are because we uh, otherwise would be hearing a lot more stories of what God's doing in people's workplaces, streets. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dorothy Sayers, who was a prophetic voice. I mean, there's so many. You, you, you've quoted from... Um, Karina for writing Urban Spirituality and my, my shelf at home is full of books written on this topic. There's so many. Dorothy Sayers was a, a, a woman, a leader who lived in the 1930s and wrote and spoke in the 90s. I don't think she just lived in the 1930s. I think she was older than <laughs> 10 when she wrote this but this was, how prophetic is this? This, this is in, no, in the 1930s she wrote this. In nothing has the church so lost her hold on reality as in her failure to understand and respect the secular vocation. Yeah. And we're 100 years almost on and um, I don't think much has changed. No, no. Yeah. It's changing. This is, this is the it hope is and this is the grace. And because of podcasts like this, <laughs> it's changing. I think people are starting to understand. You know, in fact, and I'll, I'll say this as a pastor, I don't want to just be cracking pastors without putting myself in the, in the firing line and I'll put myself at the front of the line. People who need to get this the most are pastors because mm. we're trained mm. to build the church. Mm -hmm. We're trained to build it up. We're trained to run good ministries and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So this conversation that we're having yep. 
potentially undermines all that yeah. and pulls the rug out from under us. That's and it. and what have we got? And particularly for those who have successful churches by the measures that are created by that yeah. posture towards church, um, we start to go, well, hang on. No, this is we're, we're doing fine. Yeah. Um, but if all your people are doing, uh, thinking that God cares mu- only about church ministry and the stuff you do in the four walls of the church or under the banner of the church, and he, the only thing he cares about with my work is 10% of the money I make yep. and and the evangelistic conversations I have, we're, we're in dangerous territory. We're in big dangerous territory. And something that um, I see regularly on social media are pastors posting, um, you know, an advert to their Sunday meeting, celebrating yeah. that Sunday is the best day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great day. It um, is. But Monday, I mean, every, every day is equally as yeah. important, um, if yep. not even more. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've got to watch our language and, and what we're putting yeah. out there. And I think that's great. Uh, and I love, I love. Um, maybe we could create a hashtag or something saying, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this, but Mondays are as good as Sundays. I don't know. Yeah. Some, you, know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I think I, I can pinpoint the moment where, I, this really it was like one of those penny dropping scales removed from my eyes to use a more spiritual phrase um, moment for me as, as a pastor and as a preacher actually um, I was um, we were we were preaching a series called Fruitfulness on the Frontline and this was about you know God cares equally yep. for what you do for the other six days as he cares about what you do on Sunday and I was talking about how God cares about the way we do our work the title was Making Good Work this was yep. a series put together by the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity and you can find that online. It's a great series to do. Um, but I, what I did to close that series off is I got my congregation to stand. It's about 250 people. To stand where they were and then face the direction of where they would be at 11 o'clock the next day. So yeah. Monday morning, face the place, face your front line where you're going to be, whether that's home or work or whatever. And so people started to do that and started to face the, the area that they were. And I, I planned this and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Everyone's going to see... 360 degrees of our city is going to be faced which makes no mathematical sense when there's only 250 people but don't worry about that um you know so that so that we could see the mission field we could see the potential but as i started to pray for them where they were facing and praying for their front lines it just hit me and i I literally wept it doesn't take a lot for me to weep when i realized that these 250 people would rub shoulders with literally not pastors exaggeration Mm. but in our city in the week ahead would literally rub shoulders with thousands mm. of people. Yeah. Thousands of people who didn't own Bibles. Yeah. Thousands of people who had hardly knew anything about Christianity or about Jesus. Thousands of people who, who um, you know, maybe prayed, but they didn't really know who they were praying to or whatever else. Thousands of people that up until that point, I think my posture had been, I've got to think of ways mm. that I can get those thousands of people mm. in the building here on Sunday to hear me preach. Yeah. Absolutely. But I suddenly realized these, these 250 people are going to be rubbing shoulders. Now, I can either, at this point, I have a decision to make. I can either continue to promote and market and advertise the church to try and get those thousands of people to join us on Sunday. Yeah. Or I can look at these 250 and start going, my job is to equip these people, prepare yeah. them yeah. for when they're rubbing shoulders with these thousands totally. of people to um, to do their jobs well to be salt and light to be able to share their faith yeah. um, to be integral in the way they do relationships to, to love each other well, all, all the things yeah. so that they could be a light yeah. to the city Absolutely. that was a profound moment for me that really a penny dropping moment 
I think as we finish up now, um, the challenge to particularly <laughs> pastors. Yeah. Uh, Sam just gave me a look. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying the conversation. I he know you are. Well, gave me the signal. That's all uh, right. It's good. Challenge to pastors listening. How are you equipping yeah, uh, and absolutely. releasing your people, even financing, sending finances yeah. that don't come back to the church? Yeah. Um, yep. And then to the people, like, do you actually wake up? Every morning, mm. thinking, oh, I'm on mission. God, yeah. help me. I need you. What That's are you going to yeah. do? Where are yeah. you at work? Um, and looking at your work and your place of influence through different eyes, not just, I yeah. just got to go, clock on, clock off, and do my work. So, That's some great brilliant. thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Can I finish with Can I finish with one more thing? Or sure. Are we out of time? Is that it? Really <laughs> short. <laughs> it's really short. Eugene yeah. Peterson, who uh, yes. uh, at the time of this recording passed away recently, hmm. wrote the message um, translation of the Bible, which is a beautiful gift to the church. But... This is how he writes Romans 12, 1. And I'll, I'll finish on this. I won't say another word after I finish reading this, okay? Okay. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. 